Okay. Go ahead. So if you could have one pond dulce right now, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, I would have those, I don't even know what they're called. I don't know what the Spanish word for it. I'd either have the little, like the pig. Okay. The or, piggy cookie, the or, molasses cookie. Or the, the molasses, right. Or the, um, the, the coconut one with oh, the raspberry. Oh, the, uh, what's it called? Uh, what are those called? I don't know. Zingers? Raspberry they're, zingers? They're, they're kind of like zingers, right? Raspberry zingers. Or as, Raspberry zinger dulce. Yeah, as, or as Michael used to call them, zingies. Zingies. Like some zingies, man. Yeah, Grandma used to give you zingies. Oh, man, I miss those. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, man. So, so Michael, if you could have one piece of Pond Dulce, there's no preference? It's just any piece of Pond Dulce? I really like the one with like the, the different colors on the top, like the powdered sugar, you know? You, you're sugar. talking about the... like the... You know what, the conchas? Maybe. The ones that look like shells. Yeah. Those are conchas. I like those. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the go-to. I mean, what, what... what I don't understand is why it's like... I like, like a good corn. Different like red oh, an elote? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, because you can you can have it with coffee. You know. Yep. Um, what I will say, I m- I miss those big cookies, the big chocolate chip cookies. Oh, they, I miss they, those too. Because they make it in a I certain. Made you go- Didn't they make you some of those? Yeah, and they were those so were good. Really good. And they were super yeah. super good. Um, hey guys, welcome to the sandwich board where we don't eat things. <laughs> yeah, we do. I don't think we do. <laughs> so, hey, guys. Uh, welcome back to the Sandwich Board. I am the Pickle Bandit. I'm the Bandita. And we're also here with intern Mike. Hello. Um, and uh, he's our kind of our guest commentator, our <laughs> guest host. Uh, His only today. form of employment is he's interning <laughs> with us. Wow. <laughs> It's a pretty recent wound. Just put it out there on the table. Just put a little salt on that, why don't you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you guys he's... speak up, bro. Yeah, he's on, he's on the market, yeah. He's have... on the market? Uh, I don't know well, about I'm that. Not, not the market, I'm talking <laughs> about the labor market. Okay. The labor market. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, gosh, it's been another... So it sounds like we're going to put him up for option. Auction. Okay, I have Adoption. my right here. We have my He's 21. He's, he's, he's got 21 years old. Okay, so we, we got $50. $50, we got $100. So we got... You can't pay rent. Get him out. <laughs> Aww. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're having a storage wars. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. So we are, uh, once again, we're in week three now. I believe week three of the of uh, shelter in place in our, our county. And so we have uh, found uh, new ways of amusing ourselves 
and other people. You speak for yourself. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, um, but let's go ahead and, uh, speaking of amusing ourselves, let's go ahead and start out with this, uh, our sandwich board sides with a little segment I like to call This Week in Pokemon Go. I play Pokemon Go. week and bloodbath go <laughs> is what i would call it it's it's turning into some gang wars now definitely describe well um since we're not red or blue and we're yellow it's like the world's against us red and blue are well red is most aggressive yeah but blue's not far after that in trying to mark their territory and keep it so what happened is, Red comes in, takes all the gems, Blue tries to take them back, Red keeps them out of the gems, takes them back right away, so then Blue pushes on us, because they figure they can be aggressive on us. But guess what? They're not taking our gem. They're not going to keep our gem. Yeah, we have a stronghold, and we have, uh, there's some yellows around here that will fill that thing up pretty late at night, so they have to live around here too. And right. it's the only gem that yellow has consistently yeah right because between the three of us we're fairly high level players and we have some fairly what i said fairly high level mm. <laughs> i mean like okay oh hey 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 i what am i i'm level 33 so mm. i mean I'm fairly high level. I'm 38 and she's 37. Okay, I'm just saying, but unlike these scrubs that come around from red and blue that are in their level mid-20s. 27, yeah. 25. And the only reason that they take it so quickly is because they're driving. They're not really walking around. Yeah, there's no sport in it. They're doing these basically pokey drive-bys. No, they are. Yeah. All right. But, once again, they've come to the wrong pokey hood. And, you know, we have a pretty solid hold on our gym. The pact is broken. The blood feud has already begun. And now it has become a blood bath. Yeah, we're talking about people uh, burying their Pokemon so that no one can take the gym. Calling in their friends to put the Pokemon in there. But guess what? Not going to work. Because this is our home. This is our gym. Now, I'm not sure if this was, like, stated before, but there was, like, a fairly genuine peace treaty that went about the neighborhood. Before the, the, I would say. Before the corona. The quarantine wars. Yeah. The quarantine wars. <laughs> the, the quarantine wars. The BQ. Before quarantine. There was life before, and then there's life after. The BQ. Now. The Burger Queen. Yes, exactly. Now, the way the game works, you need to be in a gym for about 10 hours to get 50 coins. You can only get 50 coins. So it was our policy to let people stay in the gyms for about 10 hours. They get their coins, we take them out. 
Then we keep in there for 10 hours, maybe more. They take us out. Nice little symbiotic relationship where everyone's getting coins. But then the Fire Nation attacked. And by that I mean the Red. <laughs> the Fire Nation. That's an avatar And soon reference. after, the Water Nation started to spread their wings and try and take back from the Red. Right. And in demographically speaking, uh, as a whole, uh, Team Instinct, Yellow has the fewest uh, participants, I think, historically, right? Yes. That, that statistic right there. Because, uh, I mean, even going by, like, human psychology, like, people are more destined to go for, like, red or blue than they would be for a third color. Um, but, I mean, I chose yellow for mine, and then I got these two to try yellow for theirs. And there is, like, a, a mechanism that you can use to change your team, but no one does that. No, and, and because more people are red and blue, there's more options for us to take a gym and then be able to put a Pokemon in there without everyone else jumping in first. Right, exactly. So yellow has always been kind of the, I guess one say the mediator, but definitely the kind of the moderate, uh, the moderator of Pokemon Go. Because, you know, there's less... We relieve kind of pressure on both sides. You know, um, but Red, they're, they're aggressive. They're aggressive and they don't care. Speaking of which... And some of the Blues are pretty stubborn. And tell us about what happened to you when you were out walking. I mean, it's starting to bleed over into real life, right? Well, the Reds that are going around in a car, they were uh, getting upset that I was taking the poke the gym back. But it was already past their time. So, but I believe I saw them flip me off. Um, and I know that they've, like, been, like, well, I'm on my walk. Like, following around and taking gyms after. So that's pretty aggressive. And that happened to Michael yesterday. Well, yeah. So uh, yesterday I went out for, for a jog. And there's a, there's a gym over by a church. A raid's about to start. Once a raid starts, you can't take down the gym, or put a Pokemon in. It's just, like, off the table for everyone. So right. I see that it's blue. I go in there. They've been in there for many hours now, and they have different gyms. So I take down the gym, put something in there, go to a different gym. Now, by the time I'm done with two other gyms, I check my map, and I see that someone red took it down. And there's only about maybe six, five minutes left before the raid starts. Once that raid starts, I'm, I can't get into it for another 40, 45 minutes. So I ran, I sprinted over there, and I took down the gym, and I waited there for the raid to start to make sure no one was going to come by and do the drive-by thing again, because that's very annoying. They, they knew that I just put it in there, and they saw that the raid was going to start, and they did that intentionally to screw me over, and I did not appreciate that. So, it's But then, right after the raid... They took the gym again. Mm-hmm. Right after the right. raid. And Two just, people. And and just in case, you know, just to clarify, raids are special events that happen throughout the day where um, at a particular gym, a high-powered monster kind of sits there and groups of players can go in. And it doesn't matter what team you're on. They can go in and take it down together. But during that time... 
you can't um, put any new Pokemon in that gym. Um, so just to just to clarify, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it seems like it's getting personal now, and I, I hope I don't see a headline in the next couple of weeks that you know uh, that says, you know, fight breaks out, you know, people arrested because well, that's already happened when it was super popular that that stuff. Happened. Yeah, back in 2016, that was oh really? You had pokey fights? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, wow. Back when, like, this thing was in its heyday, there was, like, all kinds of things in the media and news about, like, horrible things that were going on with Pokemon Go. People getting in car accidents, people getting, like, hit by cars trying to cross the street, people luring other loitering. people in. Loitering, to, too. Loitering, yeah. And there, there was a case where people were actually, like, luring Pokemon players into certain locations, and then them. they were mugging them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and for, because for some of you who don't know this, uh, there's another game by Niantic um, called Ingress that kind of precedes Pokemon Go and it uses a lot of the same technology that Ingress uses. Um, <clears throat> do you know there's an Ingress <clears throat> anime on, uh, on No, Netflix? why would I know that? <laughs> there, there is. But, you know... You know what there is on Netflix. What? something that michael and i have been looking at okay so uh so thank you so i guess this concludes our week in pokemon go i play pokemon go every day i play pokemon go speaking of netflix okay there's this thing that looks like something forbidden forbidden it's an anime and it's like animal people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're talking about watching. Yeah, it. <laughs> that's a three D animated one. Uh, it's it pretty much is like Zootopia. If Zootopia was more like anime, Place. <laughs> anime furry high school type thing, where it's like a very similar concept where the predators are seen as like untrustworthy. Beast stars. Beast stars. That's what it's called. It's all caps. Yeah, that that I might we might have to watch it just just to watch it. I don't know. Like the look we gave each other when we saw the trailer for it. Like you could see in like the pits of our eyes that this was going to be something. I don't know. You guys sat down and watched Devil Man Cry Baby, so almost in like what two sittings? Um. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's all a blur. And that early. was, and that was, that was, that was. I don't know what that was. It was, it was. It was um, art house, I guess. Um, anime, you could say. It was very artsy fartsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was nothing like the Devil Man that I kind of grew up with. And I'm not talking about the original series. I'm talking about the reboot in the '90s. Even that one was cool. That one was cool. It was although metal AF. Um, metal as fudge, but it was an art, like an art house no, film no. meets an anime. That's no. what this one was. Yeah, Devil Man and Cry. There was Baby. even a message. So whatever that was, <laughs> I don't know, but there was a message. I know that. I mean, you fell asleep during it a couple times. Yeah, I fell asleep during Tiger King too. <laughs> Tiger King, which I have had no interest in watching, but most of them, America has had interest in watching. It's number one in America. It's yeah. most number, watched. Okay, so, 
Uh, why? Okay, why? this is like why the toilet paper is gone. The okay. same reason. Okay, why? Okay, well, one person watches it, or one person decides they need all the toilet paper in the world, then everybody has to. It's the same thing. You don't want to be out of the loop. You don't want to be missing out. You don't want to have a dirty butt and nothing to clean it with. Get it? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> it's, it's just, Tiger King. It's toilet paper for your eyes. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good marketing. Yeah. For it. <laughs> okay. Well, why is it okay? So there's obviously some societal okay, okay. peer it's, pressure. It's like a a 2020 episode. Okay. In a way. All right. Like a mystery. Like a forty-eight hours, like a mystery. Okay, so that's one thing. Okay. Another thing is it's also like reality TV, so which it's true everybody's crime. into. Uh huh. Okay, and then it has this cast of characters, which are all very strange people. Yeah, they're cat people. Right, they're big cat people, and I guess that's part of the attraction. I guess because what's the guy's name? His name is Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Right, mm-hmm. and he's the one that's in the big cat business. And it seems like all he's ever wanted is to be famous. Famous just for being famous. Yeah, yeah like a rapper. Oh, okay. <laughs> or a Kardashian, just famous for the sake of being famous. Not really. Supposedly, adding... not all the Kardashians want to be famous. Oh, oh. <laughs> unless that's a storyline. Is there like a hidden Kardashian that lives in like the attic? It's <laughs> Harry Potter under the stairs. Maybe it's like the Osborne daughter that didn't want to be in the show. Oh, maybe, maybe there's one in there somewhere. There's a Kardashian. Or if you're old, it's like Richie Cunningham's older brother. <laughs> Just went up the stairs, never came back down. Right. There's a Kardashian in all of us. So you no, have... there isn't. No, gosh. No, no you no. have no Kardashian in you. Oh. If there is a Kardashian in me, it probably means I resorted to cannibalism, <laughs> and that's the only way that would happen. That cabin what about fever? Rob Kardashian, Robert? Oh, maybe. You look a little bit like. Him. <laughs> yeah. I have a big butt, so that's where my Kardashian is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> And Star's Glamorous, that's her Kardashians. So. I'm on my phone a lot. No, no, sorry, Michael, there's no Kardashian in you. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, dude. It's just like how some people have no Elvis inside of them. Maybe you have no Kardashian inside of you. I don't think so. Hmm. I just don't see it. So I see it in your cousins, but I don't see it in you. <laughs> wow. So Tiger, so, okay, so Joe Exotic wants to be famous for being famous. I saw that he ran for governor of his state. He ran for president. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's in jail, he's in jail, but you know, he's, you know, got prison. federal prison. Federal, yeah. What did he get go in prison for? How does this end all end? Well, he hired he put a, out hit. a hit. Yeah. He put out a hit on this lady that was like attacking his business for not, I guess, mishandling big cats and selling them and breaking the law and. So she went after him, and he went after her, and... Yeah, I saw that. I saw how he treated some of those animals. Um, that was... There was that scene where the the tiger was... Or was it a lion? That it was, was a, a liger. It was a liger. Oh, it was a liger. Started right. biting his shoes or boots or something. Right, and he starts smacking it. Then he pulls out a gun. Shoots right next to it. Right. Oh, my gosh. 
And actually, they did get him on shooting tigers. That that for me that was that's that's a, that was hard to watch. Um, mm. You know, seeing something like that that was that was a tough watch. But I uh, know overall, did you guys find it entertaining? Was it good? I liked it. The only one I fell asleep on was the episode where they're trying to say that the that lady Carol, whatever her name is, was it Carol? Uh huh. It was Carol. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Baskin. Yes. Okay. That she, uh, the episode where they were saying that she might have led to the disappearance of her ex-husband she or totally husband did. or whatever. <laughs> she totally fed him to the tigers. But I mean, that's the episode I fell asleep on because that's it's like the least compelling. Right, because I heard from you guys that it was kind of boring, but there's some parts that were kind of compelling. The yeah. story about um, Joe's husbands uh-huh. was um, sad. Yeah, he had sad. three in total. Right, so yeah. he had th- three. Well, four. four. He married, no, yeah, he had three in total. He married two of them at once, and then uh, the third one came in later in his life, about... Um, yeah, after the first okay, after the first one left, and and by the way, the first two husbands were not really even gay. No, um, and so the first one went off with someone that worked at the park Secretary. and had a kid with them, yeah. and was had with them. Luck. And the other one committed suicide. He was on drugs a lot, and he was depressed. And then um, maybe like a month after that, he married someone else. Oh, or two months, he yeah. married somebody else. And that that yeah. person actually seems to to care care quite a bit about. Well, who knows? Because Joe's all like. these people are very young. Oh yeah, no, that, that that's a very common. You know. He definitely has a type. <laughs> well, so did the Doc Antle dude. Oh yeah, Doc Doc definitely had a type. Oh my god! Bringing like in young cult. girls. His was very much like a cult. Yeah, and Antle actually is kind of related to a local ag family uh, in where we, you know, in the area that we live. I don't know how closely related, but he definitely shares the same last name and, you know, had lived in this area for like a little bit, as I've read. So I don't know if you read about that or not. That's too political for me. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have to rub my eyes on that. All right. So... So, Tiger King, we've also been watching The Mandalorian, um, which... Oh, my God, there's a baby Yoda? <laughs> Holy crud! Wow. Oh, my gosh. You I, finally caught up to the rest of the world, Robert. Oh, man, welcome to 2019, <laughs> I guess. Uh, wow. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a good, good show. I like it because it reminds me of a very good Western. That, too, yeah. Also kind of reminds me of the Incredible Hulk. You, you know what I mean? Because look at, like the TV series, he had Bill Bixby as Bruce Banner. And he wandered around the country helping people, right? And then he would just move on. And that's Yeah, but that's like so many old Western shows that used to be on TV. That too, right. That too. Uh, so there's a little nods here. There's definitely uh, one episode. Love that, that music too. Oh, oh yeah, the theme. Great. The theme music is great. Yeah, I wish it would play as I went for my walks. Could probably get the soundtrack on your Google Play. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really good. It, it's funny in the right places, you know. And um, 
So I appreciate that. I think some of the best... I love the Mandalorian's delivery of his lines, by mm. the way. It's right. great. I love that Life Day was uh, confirmed. <laughs> That's all Michael takes away. Yeah. Baby Yoda episode, and Life Day confirmed. Right. First, first episode, it is confirmed that Life Day is a real thing, which means that the Star Wars Christmas special is canonical. That really <laughs> happened. That happened. It was real. It's there... Chewbacca lives in a condo. <laughs> a tree condo. And has a kid named Lumpy. Yes. <sighs> I like how Michael takes things and he, like, connects them in a way that no one else connects them. It's true. And that's why he's an artist. Right. Uh, like Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of my favorite bits about the show is the fact that it's not afraid to adhere to certain tropes like there was one episode that was very seven samurai uh, magnificent seven uh three amigos there's one where he protected the town of villagers from you know base you know pirates whatever and he trained them inspired them to fend for themselves and it's very seven samurai and uh so definitely a good kurosawa nod there um, the only thing that is... What about, like, Kung Fu? Oh, the yeah. TV series. Yeah, Kung Fu, which is also kind of a martial arts western. Because mm. it takes place during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. It just occurred to me. Now, here's... And this is the part that's annoying me, though, is the 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 internet sphere, the blogosphere, the Twitter sphere, whatever you want to call it. They're... They're praising the Mandalorian, but really taking a dump on the films, like the the the, the pre the sequel uh, films. They're like, ew, ew, I love the Mandalorian. They should be the Mandalorian, but unlike politically correct Star Wars, uh, you know. So I don't know. That's a complaint I hear. <laughs> That's a complaint that I see. Here's the thing. I think people need to go back and watch the prequels. And then you'll know. And then you'll know. And you'll be able to compare to these newer movies. Because they're forgetting about that disappointment. Or maybe they're holding it too strongly in their minds. I don't know what they were expecting. but. Well, I mean, there's like a generation of people where the prequels were like the Star Wars that they kind of grew up with. Like, these were the things that were being cinematically released while they were still kids. So there might still be, like, a bit of that nostalgia gripping onto it. Yeah, Yeah. but, I mean, think about what that nostalgia is. I mean, when the prequels came out, people were really upset. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. They're like, George Lucas should totally step down. What were Uh they thinking, right? Uh (laughs) Exactly. And then other people came in and everyone's like, I miss the George Lucas movies. Right. It's like, let's bring George Lucas back. It's like, ugh. Come on. You can't, you're not going to make any of those people happy. I'm just happy there's Star Wars in my life. That, seriously, if you look around in this, ro- in this room, there's like lots of Star Wars stuff, like both old and new. And I'm just happy that, because when I was a kid, this is what I got in Turn Mike. This is what I got mm-hmm. growing up. After Return of the Jedi, there was nothing. There was the Ewok adventure. On oh, I a- watched that. On ABC television, which was terrible. We had that on DVD. 
And then you had uh, the cartoons. You had the Ewoks cartoons, and then you had droids, which was eh. But other than that, I mean, you had nothing. Um, right? And so I'm just happy that Star Wars is here now as a visual medium, you know? I mean, I can critique a movie. I'm just, just happy that, you know, it's going on, that it's existing. And, you know, there's going to be good stuff. There's going to be bad stuff, right? I'm mean, trying to take like down our gym again. Thing. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. So Shutterbug the, Jen went in there. Okay. But so, still. So those are things that, um, you know, that we've been kind of uh, streaming online. But also, traditional cable has been giving us lots of little gifts. Um, mostly in the form of uh, screen pics. Uh, <laughs> now... Uh, some cable subscribers, uh, a lot of a lot of Comcast subscribers, um, they lost some Stars channels, but they also gained uh, Epics or Epics, whatever, and also uh, what's it called, Screen Picks uh, channels, and the Screen Picks channels pretty much have okay. a lot of. Pretty much a lot of old, uh, the MGM library, I believe it has the, definitely every, seems like every canon film ever made. Um, so if you grew up in the 80s, there's a good chance that you saw a canon film. And usually these are films that feature Chuck Norris or, uh, they were definitely genre films. They were like action films, they were... You know, whatever. If there was a ninja in it, there was, it was probably a canon film. Okay? Canon Studios. But that brings us to our main course uh, This for, for this show. We're going to talk about a film titled Blood Match. Is it too late for me to leave? No! no it's too late here. for you to leave? No. It's just like when we sat down to watch Blood Match. Uh. It's too late to leave. Uh, basically, it was a 1991 film... Starring nobody of consequence. Most of the cast were either stunt people or professional martial artists. Or choreographers. Or, yeah, like I said, like stunt people, choreographers, or playboy models. Uh, so the only person that came close to being an actor was Tom Matthews, who plays the uh, the protagonist, antagonist of the film. Main character. Right. And the names, uh, he plays uh, Brick Bardo. Brick Bardo and Wood Wilson. <laughs> Brick Bardo and... Slash Wood Wilson. Slash Wood Wilson. So, dig these names. and uh, Brick Bardo, Connie Angel, Max Manduke, Billy Munoz, Brent Caldwell, Mike Johnson... <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm sorry... These are either wrestling names or adult film names. Or both. These are, but these are not the actors' names. These are the names of the characters. Uh, so if that tells you anything about this film, so, um, so uh, Bandita, can you can you kind of regale us with the story of how you came upon this film? Okay, this is how it started. Uh, it was a dark and stormy night. I did you know okay it was a regular evening 
Mm. Uh, where I will traditionally at some point, you know, fall asleep on the couch waiting for Star to like get sleepy. And so I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up and it was like the middle of the night. And by the way, in between this, like someone's trying to take down our gym. Uh, right currently right now and I'm feeding berries I just got my thousand berries fed metal <laughs> oh wow I'm feeding berries too so sorry but this is possibly uh, the, the probably the least effective way of like uh, talking about a movie but this is blood match by the way so this is our blood feud <laughs> okay let me start all over again with my story now okay so I woke up in the middle of the night after having fallen asleep on the couch and there was this movie on. It was Stream Picks. And it was like the end of the movie, the climax of the movie. And it was this man in a ring with like these, you know, other people that were like knocked out or dead in there. And he was talking to some lady. And the dialogue of the, the way these people were talking to each other, it was like, ugh. It was like the worst acting I've ever seen. Um, and just what they were saying was just like, couldn't be believed. It was like a nightmare. I woke up into a nightmare. <laughs> That's what it was. And I needed a witness. I needed someone to witness me. So the next, I checked if it was on demand. And the next day I made a decision. I'm going to make other people watch this with me. So I sat down with intern Mike to witness... Uh, this particular film, the film of Blood Match. Now, by all appearances, it seemed like it was just kind of a uh, a low budget knockoff of uh, Bloodsport. But no, no, this movie actually tries to be a kind of a drama suspense film. Uh, so really quick, uh, so as I'm going to kind of go through the synopsis or at least the plot, and please feel free, guys, to interject at any point as I'm talking about this. Um, okay, so the movie opens up uh, in the desert, and it really looks like the world's worst game of tag. So you had Brick Bardo chasing after this dude. And they finally come to a point where they can't run anymore, and they get into a fight. It was a one-sided fight. Brick Bardot subdues and beats the crud out of this other guy. I don't even know who he is. And then he goes into this huge... What? Two words. Yes. Orange blood. Orange blood. <laughs> so that's the first thing that Bandita notices about this film, is that people in this universe, bleed orange. Actually, after having made some orange Kool-Aid yesterday, I believe it was orange Kool-Aid. <laughs> People bleed orange Kool-Aid. In this universe, yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, so, the other guy, uh, I don't know who his name is. Update, they stopped attacking our gym for now. Awesome. And, so Brick goes into this huge... This huge, I don't know what you would call it, soliloquy uh, monologue about things changing, about... It basically, it makes no sense. 
Okay, he makes it sound like the 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 end is nigh and the apocalypse is coming. And That's what he says, actually. <laughs> right, right. And so um, then we start cutting between we start seeing four different stories unfold, right? And in no particular. No, wait, way. you're forgetting about the list. There's a list oh. with names that we get a close-up of. So it should be in this chronological order <laughs> that all of these things are happening one after another. Right. So we see this death list, right? And... And you can hear her, like, talking over it. And it's like, <laughs> now it's time to go down the list and collect all of the baddies and figure <laughs> out what happened to my brother. <laughs> okay, so there, there you go. So there's the premise, right? So we, we kind of have an idea of what's going on. So then we cut to... By the way, this movie is all about explaining to the detail of what's happening and why it's happening. Right, everything. You know, the most film, it's about showing and not telling, right? Well, this film does show and tell. It's like the kindergarten of martial arts films. Um... My theory is it's Red that's going around and trying to take all the gyms again. Oh, okay. Well, actually... Because they just took the, the the gym at the park. They gave up on our gym and went to the park and took it over right now. Now, someone blue was in that park, and they weren't even there for ten minutes. Exactly. So, so it's Red. just immediately waited for them, and then they went in for it. Now, what I don't understand is why take that gym when they have four other gyms that are just right down the street and they're not full. They can put theirs in any of those gyms or all of those gyms if they so choose to. It's like all of them have decided we're going to take a gym each. It's ridiculous. It's greedy. <laughs> it's toilet paper mentality. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, Tiger King, toilet paper, Pokemon Go, all related. It's all the same. It's all yeah. connected. It's conspiracy. Part of the quarantine it's wars. All, it's all part of it. So... The next scene, we cut to a bar where there's a woman who is talking out loud about how lonely she is and how... Next to a jukebox by herself yes. in the dark. Yes. You can hardly see her. And that she needs drugs. That's the other thing about this movie. I hope you don't like detail because everything is in shadow. Everything is dark. You know, everything is lit from either way up above or way underneath. Um, and so you have... This... And almost all of the dialogue is, like, dubbed in or something. Yeah. Because they couldn't catch it at high enough level. The the mouth flaps just do not match up. Right, so the ADR is, is terrible. So you have a lady... Can I point something out? Yes. That this movie, the little factoid here for you, yes. was only theatrically released in Turkey. Which seems fitting if you think about it. Um, so you have Max Manduke, played by Marianne Taylor, sitting by the jukebox, and then she's approached by Brent She was Caldwell. at the jukebox, and she's just like, oh, I'm in so much pain, I'm so hurt, oh, I just don't know what to do, I just want to feel good again, Ugh. And then, uh, martial arts, uh, MMA champion Brent Caldwell goes, I can take away that pain, just for a little bit, come I on. I have some cocaine. <laughs> I have drugs. Come with me and we will have fun for a little bit. Right. 
So they uh, cut to uh, a few minutes later, and there's gratuitous nudity, and there's gratuitous... And uh, for no reason. No Because reason. all she was going to do was drug him anyway. She and, chloroformed and, him. Yeah, so why does she have to do all that? She chlor. She could have just chloroformed him at any given time during... They didn't have to have sex. It was not required, but... And it was... it Okay, let me just point out, it, it wasn't. It didn't look good at no, all. No, it was pretty gross. It was not sexy at all. It was nope, very nope, sweaty. Nope. It was sweaty and gross and dirty and ew, and the lighting was horrible, and it looked like they were hurting each other. Right. It, it looked painful, yeah. Right. And so, then we cut to an urban scene where we see Mike Johnson, played by Thunder Wolf, no kidding, that's his name. Thunder Wolf, but that's okay. He's, you know, Native American, you know, part African American. That's cool. I ain't going to judge. Um, but Mike Johnson. <laughs> now, Thunder Wolf would have been a cooler action movie name, though. They could have just called him Thunder Wolf. Why call him Mike Johnson? It sounds like something, it sounds like a prank call. Hey, can I talk to a Mike Johnson? Can I? Anyway, so he's being chased by a bunch of street toughs, and they get into a fight. And they're like, this is just business. Yeah, this is just business. <laughs> now, if it's... I can describe these street toughs really quick, <laughs> they are armed with pistols, I think semi-automatic guns, and lead pipes. And they all decide to fight Mike Johnson one at a time, <laughs> not using any of these weapons until the end. Like one-on-one, fist-to-fist combat. And Mike Johnson, Thunderwolf, is just taking them all down one at a time. Yeah, and if he could do that, why did he run away from them in the first place? If he could take them all out, why didn't he run away? He was afraid of their guns. (laughs) Meanwhile, spewing orange Kool-Aid everywhere. Right. And so finally... uh... And I would like to say, these toughs looked more like the backup dancers for the bad video. Than Tufts. <laughs> the Michael Jackson bad video. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he is, his bacon is saved. Mr. Wolf, um, uh, if you're nasty, and if is, is rescued by Max. So Max comes in, uses her martial arts skills to scatter the street toughs. It wasn't martial arts skills. It was like self-defense course skills. Okay, self de- This <laughs> is the same lady that was having sex with the, the champion. With, dude with Brent. In the previous scene. Right. right. She beat up like one guy too, by the way. Right. And, uh, and then, so she offers the dude a job. Right? So, okay, hey, do you want to... We got something for you. Uh, and that's it. Then we cut. And then we cut to a... Uh, parking garage, right? Uh, no, I don't think it was a parking it garage. Was a parking garage? No, he crossed out something else. And then it, it, we were at Benny. Oh, Benny. It's Mo- a super dark building. Right. This janitor's cleaning in the dark. Right. And the phone rings and the janitor answers it. That never happens. That never... I was a janitor. By the way, listeners, I was a janitor. I was a night janitor for crying out loud. And that never happens. And if it does do happen... If it does happen after hours, guess what? You don't answer the phone because that's not your job. And plus, the place usually is pretty well lit while you're cleaning. Yeah, hello. Right. Hello, I'd like to speak to the janitor at this hour. Right, so... <laughs> yeah, I know it's you. You're the janitor and this you're here right now. You're always and you're in this office 
And I've got this line that's perfectly where you are, because I know where you are. Right. So uh, Billy Munoz is played by perhaps the only one, the only recognizable names in this. So uh, uh, stuntman and uh, you know choreographer Benny the Jet Uriquidez. I probably totally messed up the name. Um, and uh, so, so he was he, in like some B movies, you know. Like, oh yeah, a lot of canon films. Yeah, pretty much um, every canon film. Yeah, anything. He, he, yeah, I, I will say he was a bright spot in the movie. He was probably the only competent martial artist in the because he did the choreography. Mm-hmm. So of course he made himself look. But the good. the other people there weren't very good. They didn't make his choreo look good. No, he, he did though. He did because it was his stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so then we have another person on the phone. And it's, yeah, I just want to say, can I just point out yeah, yeah. that like most of the punches. And most of the kicks, first of all, the sound effects sounded like a door slamming shut. Or lettuce getting punched. The same, it's the same, but it was the same sound over and over and over. Yeah, it didn't matter if it was a kick, a headbutt, or a punch. And and they missed each other by feet. Right. None of them connected. You see better contact in, like, wrestling botches. For sure. Now, something else that this film did in the fight scenes, it would replay certain things over and over again to make it look like they were punching them faster over and over again. Or repetitiously. And it was just different angles of the same shot. Or just the same shot entirely. Right. It was different shots and just cut really quickly. Right. And, um, right. And so, moving on. So, you have Brick Bardo on the other line basically saying that he has his daughter... Uh, held hostage, and so he's has to uh, uh, Billy Munoz. She's like, I want to talk to my daughter, and the daughter comes on, and the daughter's like, Dad, you need to help me. This is a bad man. He's gonna do bad things to me, or something like that, right? <laughs> Wasn't it that? Yes, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. something like. And we all looked at each other like, what? It was the most convincing delivery by a fifty-year-old woman trying to sound like a ten-year-old girl, um, and so then. Then we uh, cut to uh, the very dimly lit parking garage. It was a, so it's basically a parking structure or you know underground parking at night. And then we see Connie Angel, who she was talking to somebody else, right? It was she, her uh, her supposed lover. Her right, like yeah. she was having an affair with. And she was like doing like some exposition, like this movie always does about what's happening and and why it happened. So she's in a marriage of convenience. With an older man. Right. Uh, basically for the money. And so she's explaining to her paramour. Like, why does she have to explain? Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm with this old guy. He is disgusting. I am forced to do things with him. But I'd rather do things with you. <laughs> and so then we see the appearance of Brick Bardo. Brick Bardo. <laughs> he comes in. Beats up uh, the boyfriend. To death. Says he killed him. Right. Because Brick, all for you to die in this movie, all you have to, all that has to have been done is for Brick Bardo to say he killed you. Right. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily have to kill you. He just has to say it and then give his blessing. Right. Yeah, and we're gonna get into that later. <laughs> right. His blessing. But basically, blessing so you know, it's like if you ever played pretend with like you know with your friends, and he's like, "Okay, I killed you. You're dead. There you go. That's how Brick Bardo works." 
Um, okay. And so we have this this back and forth between Brick and Connie Angel. Connie Angel is a MMA or a promoter. Fight promoter. promoter. Fight promoter. Yeah. Right? Who basically has sold her soul, you know, for success. And all all you know Brick Bardo could do is shame her for verbally shame her. The, you know, talk about how he killed her boyfriend. Right. <laughs> uh, throughout the whole thing. And then there's a moment where Connie she's like, says, She's like, what do you want? What do you want? Right. What do I you know want? what you want. I know what you want. <laughs> it's like... Are we all going to say it at the same time? What? Can we all say it at the same I time? I may have to... It's, I don't... See, what do you want? You want money? You want rape? <laughs> <laughs> right. And sorry, we're pushing our... Rape is not something to laugh about. Right. I want to I wanna right. say it's not funny. It's not. But... The fact that she said it that way and that she said that. She didn't say, do you want sex? She said, do you want rape? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right. It's like she's offering it to him. Grammatically speaking, as someone who teaches grammar... You can't offer that either, by the way. Right. That's not how it works. Right. So, the, the dialogue is not only tasteless, but it's just poorly delivered and it's poorly written. And, ah, he tells her off and right. he's like, oh, so... You get tired of sitting behind your big fat desk. And I was like, big fat desk? What is that? I want one of those. You're Robert, a... you got a big fat desk? I wish I had a big fat desk. Jeez. Now he's fat shaming of office equipment. <laughs> I don't know. Office furniture. Big fat desk. You gone soft, Connie. Sitting behind your big fat desk. It's just like yeah. a very like welly. Just, just family-sized desk. <laughs> it's very soft and like warm. It's lazy. Yeah. It used to be an MMA fighter, but not anymore. Right. So just like Connie all that muscle is turned to fat. Yeah. Connie Angel was supposedly this big, groundbreaking killer in you know martial arts. She's the first woman to beat a man in, uh, I guess, a competition. Yeah, something like that. Okay, which you know, obviously, and it shows it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, so so she is also chloroformed. Um, everyone's chloroformed. Basically, everyone's chloroformed. And not only do they have, it's like it's like Alice in Wonderland. Okay, you know, take this pill to get big, take this pill to get you know small. But instead, it's like a cloth. This cloth puts you to sleep. This cloth wakes you up. Right, which is exactly what happens when we cut to the final, the act of this movie, which takes place in an empty. Arena, uh, unair conditioned. Everybody's sweaty in this oh movie. Always sweaty. Don't yeah. forget, sweaty. So much sweat. Uh, sweaty and tired. Everyone is sweaty and tired in this movie. It's it's sweatier than the Saudi Arabia Super Showdown shows uh, that WWE puts down. Sweatier than that. Now I would like to point out that they have to be rather expedient in this studio area because there is going to be a dog competition tomorrow. <laughs> There's a dog show tomorrow. That was one of the lions. Ladies like, come on, we don't got all day. There's going to be a what was it? A dog show tomorrow. A this dog show tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just weird. Yeah. It's weird. Can't and we... then that let's not let's not forget about this nurse because Max. his assistant. So the backstory for them, because they tell they're all about backstory in this movie, is that she helped 
to uh, when he was in the hospital, she brought him back to life, whatever. And that he showed her things in the world she never knew about. Right. She could have still been working as a as a, a care provider in, in a but nursing home. said now she's sleeping with rando people, <laughs> taking drugs, and like knocking them out for him. Right. So I guess that's... Kidnapping. She's living her best life now, Max. And so Max, with her magic rag, starts waking up everybody, right? And they're taped, uh, their arms are taped to the... Duct tape. Duct taped in the, um, to the seats, to the seating. So they're, for 10 minutes, they're lolling about, groaning, waking up. So that's about 10 minutes, no, seriously, 10 minutes. We are just watching them going, uh, where are we? Eh, right? I can't move, eh. Uh, and finally, Brick Bardo makes his big entrance and explains to them that he is seeking revenge for his dead brother. That somebody, one of those four, was more guilty. Basically, all of them played a part in selling out his brother. Now, what's his brother's name? Woody Wilson. Wilson. Which... They don't even have the same name, by the way. Uh, same last name. and Different mothers racially, they're all... Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they're brothers from another mother. I, I don't know. But now, they're on, this, they're on trial. And pretty much... And it's trial by um, get into the ring with me and fight to the death. Right. So, these people are going to be, quote-unquote, killed... Either way, right? why should they tell the truth? Exactly. And why should the person that's sitting up there watching everything tell the truth? Right. Because it's going to save them from death? No, it's not. And so the first person that's up is uh, Mike Johnson, uh, a.k.a. Thunderwolf. And uh, he gets beat down. And uh, not only does he get beat down, he gets... Tossed out of the ring. He's not the worst person at delivering lines, though. Well, no. They're far worse people at delivering their lines. He didn't do so bad. Well, it seems like Thunderwolf, he's had some, you know, acting experience, you know, in other films. Same director. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's about to kill uh, Mike, but Billy comes in. He's just like, no, 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 no. I, I, can, I can clear this up. Well, and the only thing that's gotten out of Mike, I, I should mention, is that he went to Wood Wilson and talk to him about throwing a fight. Yeah. Right. And then what happened with Wood... We find out what happened with Wood Wilson is that he was kicked out of the association, whatever, MMA, boxers, what have you, um, because people were going to testify against him that he was going to... He was part of fixing a fight. Right. So, and then, so his, you know, Wood Wilson's life was ruined. And so, yeah, so Billy uh, Munoz, right, comes, uh, is next because he decides to put his life on the line, not only to save Mike Johnson, but also for his daughter's sake. So we see possibly the only, like, competent choreography in this movie, uh, although that those repeated punch edits are still, you know, a big part of it. Um, and while they're having this, like fight uh brick bardo tells billy oh well guess what already killed your daughter but hey you could still save your son which is like the <laughs> worst he's just saying he killed his daughter 
What? I don't get it. Right. And throughout this, you have, uh, you know, uh, martial arts champ Brent Caldwell is, you know, trying to break out of his duct tape prison. Um, Calling oh, everything BS. Oh, oh my no. gosh. BS. That's, BS. A, that's BS. That's BS. Now, like, something that we did... Uh, he did actually miss. say the word, but we're not going to say it on our show. Right. Something we did miss, though, was uh, before when everyone was still waking up, Billy actually pulled his arm out of the restraints doing this technique, which involved ripping off all of the skin from his forearm to get out of the duct tape. Right. So he's he's a bit, like, winged right now. So Billy Munoz, right? Yeah. So, but it, that, it does, it comes to nothing because he just stays there. He just sits there. Until, he gets retaped. Until it's his, his turn. And so, uh, so Billy Munoz uh, is is executed via beatdown, okay? And then comes uh, Brent Caldwell. Oh, no, no, we get to see the death seal that he does. Oh, the death seal, yeah. So when he, after he defeats... Uh, after he breaks his back. Yeah, he broke right. his back. And kills him. He gives a, what, some kind of benediction with yeah, his hands? Yeah, it looks like a, a faraway blessing. Right. <laughs> It's like, you know... I dub thee dead. Dead. And so that that seals the deal. And so then Brent comes up, and he's a terrible fighter, because basically, you know, all his matches have been fixed in his professional career, so he gets beat down very quickly. And then Connie Angel... <laughs> Connie Angel uh, is the last person up, and she shows off... The skills, what? Oh, yes. before we uh, get to the the untimely death of the champ, uh, we find out that uh, Rick Bardot is Wood Wilson. Because, as discussed, uh, he was saying, oh, my brother, uh, he wasn't begging for, for his life it's when he killed him. It's more extreme exposition. Yes. <laughs> he explains that he was really beaten... To the edge of his life with a a lead pipe and his face was ruined to a pulp and he was reconstructive surgery and like he slowly got back to uh, being healthy and being able to do stuff again and we're not sure if he's crazy, if like was a split in his mind or he just decided that this was going to be his revenge that he got a new identity. Uh, to play his own brother, right, Brick Bardot. Because because Woody was, Will- um... Wood Wilson is Brick Bardot. This is like you know I don't know shades of um, laces out, <laughs> Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> because the scene went like well, this. How did it go? Einhorn is uh, Finkel. Finkel. Finkel, Finkel is, is Einhorn. Einhorn. <laughs> and this is the moment we have where. Wilson is Bardo. Right. Bardo well, is Wilson. So it seems. It's never... Uh, and then it occurs to you, if you're a rational person, all of this information he was trying to get out of people, he already knew. Because he was Wood Wilson. Right. These people that came to him to try and fix the fight or fix the fight or testified against him or were going to testify against him, he already knew. He knew who beat him up. Because it was him. It was him. It was him all along. And so Connie 
uh, Angel, who is definitely the most talented uh, martial artist of, uh, of the group. Not really. Um, you know, Pummel's, uh, Pummel's Brick Bardot. Well, we find out that she was in a relationship with Wood Wilson. Right. She was the one behind all the fixing of fights. Right. She sat there and watched other people die and just let it happen. Right. And she somehow had, like, actual true affection for Wood Wilson? I don't know. But she basically uses the same kick to uh, beat down what I assume is a very tired Brick Bardot now. Because, uh, I mean, if you're going to uh, execute four martial artists in a row, you're going to be pretty tired by the end of it. We're also forgetting when Max dies, too. Oh, yeah. Actually, we're forgetting about when Mike Johnson uses the last of his energy the from being beat to, to, like, almost death. To crawl up the dark arena, <laughs> okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. up to where this this goes a little further. Okay, even you're right. Before, the dropping of the knife yeah. in the dark. Right. So, How's okay. anyone supposed to know where that knife is? So when Brent's going up to to the fight, he actually kicks a knife out of Max's hand, and the knife goes flying into the stands and like a into dark, the dark corner. Now Mike Johnson crawls around the ring, not dead. Because he didn't get the death seal. That was the, that was the and difference. And instead of crawling out of the arena to get help. Right. He, he crawls only... to the knife where no one could know where it is. Because he was on the opposite side of the ring right. when it fell. He has no idea where that knife went. Grabs the knife. Crawls over to, to Angel. or What's her name? Yeah, Connie, Connie Angel. Connie Angel. And uh, gives her the knife. She cuts one arm free. Manages to throw the knife at Max before she can shoot her. And then Max is dead. Yeah, it doesn't bother trying to cut her other arm free or anything. Just takes the knife, throws it at her. We don't even see the knife go into her, by the way. All we see is a splattering of orange blood on the concrete. And we're supposed to guess. It's so surprising what this movie wants us to guess and what it tells us. Yeah, so basically at this point, you know, any kind of common sense... Or, you know, just has kind of left the building and went for help, okay? Unlike, unlike Mike Johnson. And then it tripped when it went for help. Right. <laughs> and that's, and, and, and the whole part after that is when everything becomes a rom-com, which is, like, so strange. Because, first of all, you're like, oh, this is supposed to be like Bloodsport. This is supposed to be like Kickboxer, right? Right. But then, all of a sudden, this is a love story. And these people are the two most, like, not in love people ever, the way they're talking to each other. <laughs> like, these people, they barely met that day. There's no chemistry. There's no, there's nothing real. There's, it's not reality based at all. It's just right. nothing. And the lines, they're being, like, delivered in a way that's just, like, wooden, real bad. Acting class, not good. All right, <clears throat> it's you know it's clear that you know none of these folks are are actors. So and I believe and so with the death of uh, Wood Wilson uh, slash Brick Bardo, right? The movie pretty much comes to a close. Well, we it, also find out that Billy's daughter isn't dead. Right, we found out that the daughter isn't dead, and Connie Angel, who's the only survivor of this, uh, strikes out on her own, right? We see the end of the film 
were kind Well, they of... had a final fight. There was a lot of knees to the head. Right. And then the final, like, blow to Brick Bardo was uh, Connie Angel uh, tapping him on the chest with her foot. Did <laughs> you forget that? Heart. It stopped his heart. It stopped his heart right. with her foot. It was just like a... It was a tap, by the way. Right. Just like... I guess that's her death move. It's not a, a faraway blessing. It's a foot tap to the chest. Now, go. the only reason why Connie Angel fought Brick Bardo slash Wood Wilson was because his kind of bargaining thing was, hey, Billy's daughter is still alive. If you beat me, you can get the keys to free her. He doesn't tell her what? where she is in the, the building, in the stadium, <laughs> if she's even in the stadium. There's also a gun and a knife closer to Connie Angel than Brick Bardo. So what's stopping her from killing him and taking, taking the, the key. keys and going? Yeah, no clue. Not just fighting him, but just like shooting his ass or taking that knife out of Max and throwing it at him and taking the key. Why right. does she have to fight him? Or interrogating him at gunpoint and asking, hey, where is this girl being locked up? And by the way, who's with the little girl? she by herself? Does he know. have, like, somebody else that's working with him? Don't know. All we know is after, uh, you know, after the climax of the film, we see that, you know, Connie Angel is, uh, was it she in business for herself? She was behind her big fat desk again. Right. Very rolling big. a glass, I don't know, it was a dragon ball in her hand. It was, right. it was a fu- fushigi ball. It was a fushigi. Yeah, a yeah. fushigi ball. And then her secretary is like, hey, I got uh, Billy's kids are here. Are you ready to see them? And she's like, yes, in a minute. And then she goes, don't worry, Billy. I'm going to take care of your kids. <laughs> right? And that's <laughs> and the end. Yes. And it's like, I guess dot, dot, dot to be continued. Yeah, in hell. <laughs> 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 because that's where the sequel the blood matches will i find it when i play my doom eternal probably (laughs) that's probably one of the secret it's an easter egg yeah one of the secret rooms is gonna be blood match (laughs) 2 electric boogaloo yeah gallons of orange (laughs) kool-aid so that was so that was blood match so uh we're not going to give this thing any stars. Uh, negative, negative stars. stars. We could give a negative stars if we were giving stars. This is kind of like one of the worst films. I was so agitated when I was done watching it. I was like irritated. <laughs> like my nerves were raw from watching that movie. I'm not exaggerating. I still feel the tense. And I, and then I needed to get this show out. And I, I threatened them with watching it again if we didn't get this show out because I couldn't take it. I gotta get it out. It has to be gone. It needs to be exercised. Okay, can it's I the give seventh it- circle of hell where it belongs? And so that was Bad Needed's The scariest <laughs> No. Okay. The best Halloween costume, the scariest is Blood Match. Any character from Blood Match for this Halloween. <laughs> so I'm not even after after that that bandita, I'm not even gonna gonna touch that. There's nothing that I could say. Worst movie I've ever seen in my whole ex- entire life. And I've watched a lot of movies. A lot of movies. That could top that. 
Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so... We watched <clears throat> all of the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> we only have one more uh, Tremors movie. movie. Tremors, Tremors movie. series. One more. By the way, Tremors, Tremors 5? Shout really out to Tremors 5. That was good. Better movie. But guess what? I'm going to watch it again. Than Blood Mash. Um... So that's our main course for today. Is there is there anything we have anything for for dessert? We have anything for dessert? Not not this. Oh, by the way, WrestleMania is on today. <laughs> we usually do a whole show dedicated to this, but I mean, come on. I mean, you can see me. I'm doing side eyes. Right. <laughs> The emoji for side eyes. Left, right, left, right. Right. So the, I think that's the only thing that I could offer up for dessert is, yeah, WrestleMania. Are we going to do a show on it? <laughs> Maybe not. Which one? The this... Undertaker. He's having, uh, what kind of match is it? Oh, I don't know. Graveyard match, right? Isn't that what it was? Graveyard no, match? No, that's the Firefly Funhouse No, match. no, no. I no, think the Undertaker's that's, that's having a match. Look it up, dude. Oh, okay. Undertaker's having a match with AJ Styles, right? It's yeah. like a, a graveyard match. And then John up. Cena He's and having the Firefly Funhouse. Basically the second coming of the House of Horrors match. So the thing about this year's WrestleMania, and I'm not going to say too much about it. If we want to talk about it in, in our next episode, we sure can. Because, I mean, this is not a live show. A lot of this has already been pre-taped because of the shelter-in-place orders, because of the social distancing recommendations. Um, This is also happening over two nights in front of no one. So this is not going to be in front of a huge audience. And all the brands are going to be kind of mixed in, so it's both Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT. I don't even think there's gonna there's a takeover for this one. Okay, now. here's the matches. Yeah, for t- is this the card for today? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And that stems from you know uh, the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Okay. Then you have the Universal Championship: Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Yeah, he's coming subbing for Roman Reigns. Edge versus Randy Orton. That could have been like how many years ago? <laughs> yeah, what's old is new again, which is 20? also old again. And here we are again: John right. Cena versus The Fiend or Bray Wyatt, which right. has already happened too. And a House of Horror, Firefly Fun House match. A Raw Women's Championship: Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. That might be good. Uh, Michael, the intern Mike, is a. What would you say is like the people that are fans of Shayna Baszler? I know. Baszler heads? I don't know. What would uh, you call them? Mm. Uh, Baszler backers? Well, she's the queen of what? She's the queen of uh, spades? Spades? I think so. Okay. Well, does anything rhyme with spades? Actually, Michael was the ace of spades. This all makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Then we have NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. That's possibly the only one that I'm personally looking forward to seeing. And then we have, oh, it's a Boneyard match. A Boneyard match. Boneyard match. AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Lots of yards, lots of bone. Boneyard. And Undertaker is not coming out as the dead man. If I'm However, at... the rules are unexplained, so I guess as you make up your own rules. Okay, so if they make up their own rules, what are the rules of the Boneyard match? 
Go, your turn, Robert. You have to eat uh, all the the bones included with uh, a big plate of ribs. Michael. Uh, you have to get the little candy bones that come in the little skeleton baggies. You have to eat all of those, only those, for a week. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'll say that the boneyard match is you have to dig around until you find a bone. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever finds a bone first wins. wins. <laughs> you have to find a bone first. Then you have to pin that bone. One, two, three. No count out. No disqualification. Okay, what if Pin it's the like... Bone. Uh, so yeah, we'll go with super sloppy double dare rules that they have to dig around in you know, a big pile of dirt until they find a bone. And then they can, you know... Uh, they'll and win. they have to pin the bone. Yeah. Don't forget. They have to pin the bone. Pin the bone. Pin the bone. One, two, three. Yeah. With their, you know, like a finger or something. Yeah. The bone. Uh, yeah, so that's 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 pretty much WrestleMania. Oh, like, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. I know nothing about that except for, for the blasphemy, the potential blasphemy that comes with... Monday Night Messiah? Being the Monday Night Messiah. Uh, I've seen the t-shirt. I'm pretty sure that's blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not super Catholic. Right. <laughs> There's only one super Catholic person in that world, and that's Catholic Man, the Catholic superhero. Right? Goes around blessing people. Then we have something, you know, like Bailey versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina. Versus Naomi. Versus Sasha Banks. Why don't you just... I mean, if you're going to verse, verse, verse like this, why don't you just make it like a Battle Royale? Right. Or a Survivor Series style match. Or a gauntlet match for the thousandth time. Then you have another little bright spot, possibly. Intercontinental Championship. Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's about time. Yeah, that that does sound promising. And then there's also that SmackDown tag team, John Morrison uh, versus Kofi Kingston versus Jimmy Uso in a ladder match. Oh, that's... It could be a show stealer, possibly. There could be some good spots in that. Then we have the Raw Tag Team Championships, Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Huh? Mm-hmm. I haven't even paying attention to that. I know we don't watch I, Raw. I know, I know who Austin Theory is because I, I watch NXT... Right, and I kind of know who Angel Garza is because he shows up every once in a while uh, for d- during the cruiserweight matches. And we also have the women's tag team championship, the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Seen that match lots of times. I yeah, don't, know. don't need to see it again. Well, maybe if it's actually going to be good this time. But I will say this: I I will say watching Nikki Cross and Asuka at the SmackDown from last yeah. week was a gift and it they were both living their best lives yeah it's pretty funny as goofy as why not amazing why, why not have not? fun with it i yeah. love oscar's new dance yeah yeah that's great yeah that's, that's awesome should be a thing i don't why isn't anyone doing that on tiktok by the way i don't even have tiktok right. but i know about it well oscar's doing that sort of thing on her youtube channel so okay we also have these sort of like throwaway matches which is like alistair black Versus Bobby Lashley. Meh. Elias versus King Corbin. Meh. Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Wait, 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 wait. That's my spirit animal. Sure. Otis is my spirit animal. Yeah, you're right. That matters. Then we have Cesaro versus Drew Gulak. Meh. That's kickoff show stuff. Oh. This isn't kickoff fodder. There's no kick. Why have a kickoff show? And Natalia versus Liv Morgan, which I don't like how they treat Natalia. Oh. I've never liked it. 
She's better than that. She's way better. We've seen her live. I mean, she is way better. She put Ruby Riot charismatic through. Charismatic, too. Yeah. She put Ruby Riot through a table, man. This is like, God. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how this shakes out. I mean, it, it's it's going to be Very underrated, Natalia. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, and I think she has done, she's a great worker. She's done, like, so much to try to... Um, Put over other people. Right. And train them. And, I mean, let's think about, uh, you know, let's think about Alexa Bliss. Everyone praises Alexa Bliss, but, you know... Natalia really kind of helped Bliss up her game, um, you know, and... Everybody. She, like, right. saved Lacey Evans. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, helped her with her, you know, go through that heel-to-face transition. Anyway, so that's that's all I have to say about WrestleMania. I'm reserving my judgments until, you know, I, I watch it, and which is going to be pretty soon. So probably we'll have to watch that in parts though. Yeah. So all right. So I think that's our, our dessert for for this show, and I think that's just about does it for the sandwich board. I just want to thank intern Mike for uh, you know stepping in and talking about blood match. Um, Having so, to relive that. Oh, thank you for that. Because because just talking about it, it took me back to that <laughs> that intensity. So, so, so thank you for sharing that. And once again, um, uh, if you're not, if you're more than just the two people that have decided to listen to this one, please, you know, rate us, give us, you know, good stars, uh, or give us suggestions. Right. What you us, want us to right. talk about? Since I mean, it's basically your show. Right. So if you have any ideas for our sandwich board sides, if you see something uh, on the internet that we can talk about on this show. We try to keep it kind of like PG, PG-13. Not too political. Right. And not too, like, not too much, um, I guess, quarantine, anxiety stuff. Right. <laughs> we, do, we do try to keep away from that, too, although it's all around us. I mean, yeah. It, it, but, um, you know, so, yeah, feel free to, you know, make your suggestions. And uh, so that's about it. Uh, so uh, for the sandwich board, I am the Pickle Bandit. Nam Bandita. I am intern Mike. And we hope you were not bored listening to the sandwich board. Bye.